It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Yes, the fans, the field, the faith, the fun, and the fellas. We're here doing Sports Time Out. I am really blessed to have my friend, my brother, the one and the only Brent R. Baker, right beside me. Although I can't jeer him much because his elbow's right by me. I have to behave myself today. I don't know. Hey, Brent, good to have you. It is fun to be here and cool to see where the magic happens. I'm impressed. <laughs> He's impressed. And Garrick's with us as well. Garrick Payne, welcome. It was worth the wait. It was. It's good to have you guys. We're talking sports today. There's a lot going on, some fun stories, some weird stories. And as we get on the first day of spring training, it's baseball season. We have some aftermath of the Super Bowl still. And we have some rumors of how things are going to shake up for next year. There's some controversies. There's there's just everything you could ever want in a news cycle has happened this week in sports pretty much guys first let's do a little nfl super bowl aftermath the eagles were actually fined for a hit on a chiefs player during the super bowl did you where did you go garrick come back come back to (laughs) us i'm back did you guys see this story first of all did you see it actually i did not see that so yeah i saw it i saw it yep all right, so I'm going to open the link here, and I'll show it to you guys. Wasn't very prepared before because we were all using into my studio. That was the... Finding <laughs> parking. <laughs> Finding parking in Seattle, <laughs> what it's like to live in the city. So this, is, this was really crazy. I'm going to show this to you if we can come up with the... Yeah, we're live, but don't worry. When it gets broadcast, all this crazy stuff is out. Take a look. If you're watching, you'll see this. If not, we'll put a link on our website. You want me to pull it up, Michelle? I've got it right here. No, you're good. You just can't see okay. it. So. Let's see if you okay, can. I just want to take a look at this. This is the last one in the first half. I can jump and make a play. It's hard to it's hard to see, but as you look at this, <clears throat> it's amazing to me because it just looked like a regular play, and what they were looking at honestly was what you see indicative of college ball with in with the if you hit with the crown of your helmet, you're out of the game. It's called targeting. What was your impression, Garrick? To me. It looked like football. He was going in, and whether or not he was intentionally trying to spear him in that way, I don't know. But it's and not being a football player, it's hard for me to discern because in the moment the guy's running at you, right, and you're trying to tackle him, and he went for him, and clearly his head was in there. And to me, it looks like more dangerous for the. The for hitter, the defender, it, exactly. Yeah. It was almost to me like insult to injury. You don't get to win. There's a controversial call in the fourth quarter, and we're just going to go ahead and find one of your players. It really, yes, it was an outcome because I mean there was an injury, 
and it didn't look pretty, but I didn't see anything, in my opinion. You didn't see it, Brent, but... What I could see from that is, is, first of all, there was no penalty called there on the guy. And I don't have a problem with retroactively finding someone for a call that was missed, but to me, it needs to be pretty egregious for that to happen, where you can tell there's, it's obvious, maybe there was intent there. Something like this that basically looked like just a football play, or maybe something happened. I was like, come on. That it's it is overboard. Yeah, yeah and then insult to injury things too. It's what the yeah. If I win, I'll pay the fine, no problem. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Another. Let's look back at Super Bowl because we have to hold on to it in America, right? It's the most important Sunday on the whole calendar, right? But Chiefs fans <laughs> are actually a little offended. Did you know? Uh, it was a drunk fest, and it often is by players during the parade. If you've ever been to a parade hailing the conquering heroes, you know that there's a lot of drinking going on, and the uh, the Chiefs football team, they were smashed. Patrick Mahomes was like, here, and handed the trophy to some fan. They don't have the real trophy there, though, though guys, so just chill out a little bit. But many people said, you know what, I'm just really ashamed of our team and I think there's a point there because yeah you're excited yeah you're celebrating champagne is flying but Brent seriously this is a time where kids are suffering from depression a lack of vision they really don't have their heroes have turned into zeros where their behaviors are concerned yeah I kind of two minds of this I don't want to condone public drunkenness by the team but I also didn't see anything that we haven't seen from every other Super Bowl I remember Marshawn Lynch at the Seahawks won 10 years ago and that was over the top and (laughs) not just publicly drunk but like publicly drinking shots on the parade during the parade so yeah but that's Marshawn we are such a culture of scolds now where every offense has to be laid out on social media and and debated endlessly, which is what we're doing now. That but. <laughs> keeps us at work, right? Not I, quite endlessly. Yeah. I hear <laughs> there that. Will be a stop um, to this. There's things you expect from Marshawn. I was just at an NHL game where he was, he's a partial minor owner of the Seattle Kraken, which is the 32nd to the brand new newest team in the NHL League, National Hockey League. And he was making some kind of announcement and he was like, get off your ass. And it was just so Marshall. He was talking about raising money, raising band. He said 32,000 bandages. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's just, he talks the way he talks. So I'm not surprised with Marshawn. He's going to do what Marshawn's going to do. But on the whole, what are you sending out to kids? What message are you sending out to kids? We've loosened our standards. Even at the NHL games on the big screen, I've, I have noticed that they will show people and people grab their beer and guzzle it and they'll show, they'll zoom in. And I'm thinking you both want to target children, but what is that targeting? This is maybe the signs of the times we're in. I also think it's interesting that this is a problem when like some of the biggest sponsors of the Super Bowl are the beer companies. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you're, you it's like you, what you want your stars using your product. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But then we're also a nation that has had prohibition and other countries around the world drink 
and they drink responsibly. The kids go with them into pubs and to bars. Is part of the society, and it's not about getting drunk. And here is what Garrick talked, because we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Garrick, you're yeah, there. Yeah, hey, hey, what's up, man? I think the cultural aspect is very interesting, and, and something about the whole taboo aspect of it and raising kids with a healthy understanding but I, I remember being in Germany, actually, playing soccer, and after okay. a match, you would sit down, and they would put a beer in front of you, and that was just what they thought. And I remember talking with a missionary that we were working with over there, and it was really funny because when he first got there, because he had been a missionary there for more than a dozen years and very much understood the culture, they put a beer in front of him, and he said, no, thank you, I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol. And he said, and the person's genuine response to him was, it's not alcohol, it's beer. <laughs> and they see alcohol as being hard liquor. Sure. And beer is just a part of the culture. Yeah, you as know, wine uh, is in, in many places right. in Europe. Exactly. Just, yep. Yep. What's your hang up, so. people? Come on. I get it. I get it. But what cracks me up, especially in the faith community, is they get all uptight about alcohol. And I've literally heard about some theologians who have tried to make the Jesus miracle, his first miracle of turning water into wine, making some case for it being non-alcoholic. It was the grape like, juice that, that Baptists have when they're doing <laughs> communion. Yeah, I've heard that argument too. And I, it's, it's a classic case of trying to shoehorn a biblical narrative into what you already believe to begin with. Right. Yeah, let's exactly. create God in so. our own image. We don't always understand how, that we have a history, and prohibition is part of it. And the Victorian age, where everything was just really rigid, and it really did prohibit to a degree. It's nice to have a society that respects a sense of propriety, but then if it becomes a sense of legalism and it goes over the top, maybe that's where we don't have the balance. All right, let's balance out something else. We're going into the trade season, and this is where it gets, I don't know, like soap opera-y, right? And it has been like Aaron Rodgers. It's almost like watching a film. Guy's going into his cave of darkness. If you haven't heard this, literally, he's gone into a cave of darkness. The place that he went to just have his chill time all alone in complete darkness is like a hobbit house. It has nothing but a queen-size bed, a bathroom, and a mat to meditate on. And so he's going to do this cave of darkness kind of a thing, figure out what he's going to do with his future. At least he's doing something. At least he's focusing in. So I'm not trying to diss him. It's just like a little larger than life, maybe. He came out of darkness a little bit early. They're talking. Packers say that they want Aaron back, but on one condition, you better be all in, dude. You got to be all in. But then you clowns send me this story that the headlines and headlines are so I don't know, misleading to a degree, that Seahawks trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, what the? <laughs> no, it's just, it's people like us talking about it. But yeah, that one, it was, it was, yeah, th there ahead, was that actually, so the story that was clickbait from some internet site, but I, uh, that kind of started a few weeks ago where I don't know if they were just a fan group or talk radio hosts in Green Bay basically proposed a trade that the Seahawks had to make for their own good, where they would send both their first round choices and one of their second round choices 
to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, no. As a Seahawk fan, no, I don't want that. There's no way in the world that they're going to trade all of that for, for a 38-year-old quarterback. Happened. It's crazy. But talk about a wish on the Green Bay fans' Christmas list. Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I just want to know which one of you guys sent that. That was him. I, okay, I, I, I okay. Too, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I think I woke up to that one day this week. But they're... <laughs> Speaking of the Seahawks, there's some interesting connections with Seahawk players that have made the news this week. Bobby Wagner is one of them, right? The Rams are literally letting him go, which is crazy on paper because dude had a great season, a really good record there, quite impressive. And who doesn't love Bobby Wagner? Come freaking on. But it does leave them some cap space. I don't know. Would it be cool to... For, we're Seahawks fans, so my apologies to everyone all over the planet who hasn't gotten on the Seahawks bandwagon. It's okay. We love you, too. And usually we have at least one person here who's from outside the area, but now it's just free reign. No one to rein us in. But would it be cool to have Bobby Wagner back in Seattle? I think it would be cool to have Bobby Wagner back, certainly. I think the Rams let him go. It was, yeah, it was a sort of a mutual <laughs> thing. I know when Bobby signed in L.A., the thought was... They'd come off a Super Bowl. They'd have a chance to go back and do it again. And they had a bunch of injuries, and their season collapsed. In fact, I think they were the worst worst record for a, a Super Bowl winner the following season ever. So he wants to win. He's late in his career. And the Rams need to rebuild, so they need cap space. And they decide to part ways. Now, if the Seahawks bring Bobby Wagner back, they do need help in their linebacking core. But what is Bobby willing to do? do as far as salary goes because he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna come come cheap as good as he still is he's not the he's not the player he was five six years ago but you could use some leadership there if he's willing to play play for less and be a coach on the field I'm all for it if he's looking for his last big payday for and a Super Bowl win maybe Cincinnati wants him we can have Dell all happy. Oh, Dell could be happy. I bet he'd like that trade. They have a sense, though, from the sidelines that he does want to come back. There's a part of him who would really like to see that. So you have to well, balance business with business I, with pleasure. And he's his own, I think he's this, his own agent, too. So it oh, okay. adds a different element to all of this. Because if the if negotiations get difficult, you actually still... Usually the agent handles all that. Then you can say, oh, yeah, I'm all good with you, but that wasn't me. But now you're, like, making your own case and having to defend yourself against the team trying to talk the number down. So that adds a whole different element to it. But Garrett? I I think that one of the things that the Seahawks could do to maybe incentivize him with a lower lower salary would be to promise him a future front office job. Because That would work. Uh Really... Because he's probably thinking long-term as well. And if he's only got a few more years to play, and Seahawks are really very much kind of a family feel type of organization. And they Seahawks fans love seeing their people. But we had Jim Zorn as a quarterback's coach for a while and some of those types of things. Yeah, it's, it is a kind of a Seattle thing, but it's not just Seattle. Other people, you get used to your folks, you love them, and it's hard to watch them leave the family, except for people like Russell Wilson, who was the darling of Seattle. <clears throat> and he has made the news, oh my gosh, it's like watching a, a well-paid 
train wreck, a robotic weird train wreck. What happened to that real relatable guy? There was an analysis of the one of the worst years of a professional athlete's life that we saw laid out. And one of the stories behind the scenes that you may not have known is that apparently, reportedly, Mr. Wilson was trying to get head coach Pete Carroll fired. Not just Pete, but general manager John Schneider, too. So <laughs> he, this story came out in The Athletic overnight that talked about how last February, Russell Wilson requested that they be fired. He is denying it now. Um, but there's like multiple sources that have backed up this claim. One of the interesting things that came out of that is that he wanted them, I'm going blank. Sean Payton? Oh, he wanted, yes. He, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What he asked for was for them to fire Pete Carroll and to hire Sean Payton, who had recently stepped down from the New Orleans Saints job and was available a year ago. So after his disastrous season in Denver, where the whole franchise fell apart and resulted in his head coach being fired mid-season, he has Sean Payton as his coach. Apparently, there were even texts last year flying around during the season in Denver where he was lobbying for Sean Payton to come there. So he has what he wished for. Meanwhile, his personal staff has been invited to exit the building in Denver. So his like, personal quarterback coach and his health and nutrition coach, they're no longer welcome in the building. Where they I think there's set up an office there for all these people last year. It's like a superstar that's gotten it's gone to his head. And you've heard those rumors of rock stars that when they come into town, they have all these demands. I would like only green M&Ms in my dressing room you know, and all that. This is this is what it sounds like. And it wasn't just trying to get the head coach fired like I'm the most important person in the world. But there were other things that were happening with his personal staff he was asking other players almost requiring some of the offensive players on the on the team there in Denver to come in on their one day off so that they could have their time with Russ and watch film and get training and it was it was just like this controlling thing dude what is going on with you Garrick it's just one of those weird stories and I think that's the only way that you can say it because you mentioned that he had his entourage he was given a space in their training facility for his team. And he had one of those people was his own quarterback coach. And so you ask the question, who was Russell listening to? His own quarterback coach or the head coach or the Broncos quarterback coach? Or just himself. The Broncos have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So it's just those weird situations. And I think your rock star analogy, I think, is a very good one because it, it seems like he... It's as if he was married to a rock star or something. I don't know. Or a wannabe. Oh, did I, I didn't say that. <clears throat> we'll move on. There. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough year for Russ and then his charity that pays their people unimaginable amounts of money and does very little for the community. It just came out. It's embarrassing. And so good guy Russ, his... His image is pretty tarnished, and it's sad. And that exit that he had from Seattle, well, it makes a little bit more sense now. I, I, the, oh, I just wanted to, Garrick, you have a lot of experience with nonprofit organizations and how they work and how they should work. So what's your take on that whole fiasco with Russ? 
and his. I have no issue with nonprofit management people getting paid what they're worth. And if you've got good people in those positions and they get paid well, that's fine. The problem comes when you look at the overall spend of the organization and only 25% of it is actually going to the cause, then things are upside down. And so that I think is really <clears throat> the issue because if your budget is multiple things to your top staff people, a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe not one person getting a couple hundred thousand dollars, but if that's your staff spend, that's not outrageous or egregious. But when you start looking at the services that your nonprofit is supposed to deliver, because typically administrative costs for healthy nonprofit organizations can be <clears throat> upwards of 20 plus percent, but not the other way around. If it's flip-flopped and you're only delivering on 25% of your services, then that, that really well, is. Me taking my dollar and giving it to someone in need, I know that 100% of that is going to go to the person in need, not just 25 cents. And the other sure. is going to make sure that Tara has a nice new pair of shoes. I don't want, I, when I'm giving money there, it's for a reason that I wanted to talk about. Well, in fairness to the organization, Russell wasn't pocketing money no, you know, for his no. family. No, no, it was alliteration. I was just so, being silly, Garrett. Okay. Right. He was just, paying just, his... Well, uh, Josh, wait, Josh is here. Oh, Josh is here. Oh, he was paying the guy from his foundation that was working for his personal business as well and paying him well over the amount that anyone in that position in the charity at that level gets paid. So while he wasn't personally pocketing the money, there's a little bit of sketchiness there. Sure. There should be a hard, fast line between those two things, and that was not followed. Yeah. Josh, did you hear the news of the reports that in around the exit of Russell Wilson from Seattle, he was trying to get the general manager and head coach fired? I did. And in a rare occurrence, Russell Wilson actually responded to this where he usually ignores the news stories. I'm not sure if it makes me feel like it's more true or less true. <laughs> but honestly, this wasn't a bombshell to me. I assumed it was a me or them situation last year when they they went into the Vatican with with the ownership group and waited for the white smoke to to come out of <laughs> is Russell Wilson getting traded or is Pete and John gone? I think we all assumed that at that point. So I don't I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. so maybe it wasn't like he went to ownership and was like you have to get fired or so much as it was just like there's a difference of opinion here. Which way are you going to go? Yeah, I think that to me, first of all, if there was that request made, and secondly, and yes, I really would like for you to hire Sean Payton. And now, <laughs> and now here it <laughs> is. And this is, to me, Josh, since you're just coming in, it, I wanted you to weigh in on Pete Carroll. He is, has had an incredible career, and he's still going strong. He's rebuilt a team that was faltering. And I thought it was interesting because Caleb Williams, if he's a Heisman winner, a Heisman Trophy winner, and maybe be, maybe on course to be only the second college player to be a two-time Heisman Trophy winner. He let loose this week who he'd really like to land with. Now, of course, you don't get that choice. He's probably, probably going to be a number one draft pick, but you don't have a choice where you're going to go. It's whoever grabs you, right? He said, however, he wants to play with younger coaching staff he's really drawn to the younger coaching staff so he picked the dolphins and then on top of it he said and they have really pretty uniforms <laughs> josh 
He likes the vibe. I don't know. I liked the Dolphins uniforms when I was a kid. I was always a fan aesthetically. I get it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. When I was a kid, I always followed the Seahawks as I lived in Seattle, but I liked the Dolphins because I liked Dolphins and Flipper was great, but, but I was like eight at the time. Come on. No, big- I think. I think that there is a movement towards younger coaches because a lot of times the younger coaches get it in a lot of sense because there's a big movement with the younger coaches to be a player's coach who started all that even though it wasn't being younger was Pete Carroll he was a guy that really (laughs) stepped away from kind of the Bill Parcells tree that a lot of the modern coaches and the old guard has been from similar trees where it's a really hard nose. Pete Carroll is a player's coach. And you hear that from a lot of his players. Like they love that guy. Like a lot of the players that have been with Pete a long time, like they love that man and they love the way that he cares. And we heard KJ Wright was on every Wednesday for a while this year during the football season talking about it. And it felt like every week he said something else about how Pete Carroll was great, how he got it, how he would talk to the players about real life issues and how he would address political issues of the day. Like, hey, we got to talk about this as a team. We're brothers together. This is what I believe opened up for them to be themselves. That was not a Bill Parcells tree trait. And younger coaches are moving more that way. So I get why some players are like, yeah, I would like to have some of those younger coaches because they well, that's what they want. And I could hear how from the Williams camp it'll come out if he does get drafted by the Seahawks will be Pete is He's got. He's young at heart, right? He's like thirty <laughs> okay. years old. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's younger he's than a Twenty-five-year-old in a seventy-year-old's body. He's, right? He certainly exactly. is. But I wanted to move to. We don't often talk about basketball, but there were some awful stories, some good and bad that came out of basketball. There was a shooting victim that that's okay let's get to the story it was Alabama right and Brandon Miller is a player for Alabama there and he there was a shooting he owned a gun that was involved he someone borrowed or got his gun and the the parents of the victim say this guy shouldn't be playing basketball because he owned a gun and someone else used it so they were Outrage. Now, this is one of the breakout players that's probably the mo- one of the most draftable. He's just a star, and he's going to go far. Unfortunate to be involved in this, but did any of you hear this story at all? Yeah, one of the things that was unfortunate, too, is that his head coach, I don't remember his name, but he raised the seriousness of it by saying that Brandon Miller was the wrong place at the wrong time. I think there's a lot of questions about the involvement of his gun, whether he actually brought it to... He did. We don't know. Being, that's the thing. I think there's a lot of questions... I guess for me, it's like, I'm not ready to like just kick him off the team, but at the same time, I think you need to suspend a guy like that until you figure out what the truth of the matter is behind. So far, even the police say we can't see that he's broken any laws. So until he does, should he be suspended? And just because we don't like guns, just because it looks bad? You look at another situation, another basketball situation where Texas head coach Chris Beard was fired from his job. He was involved in a domestic violence incident with, okay. with his wife where apparently he choked her. And then the, there initially were charges filed against him, but then the charges were dropped largely at her behest. Um, but the university still fired him, despite the fact that there were no charges involved. But he was still involved in something 
that and it was within his contract that if you bring if you bring a bad it's bad press essentially if you bring something bad onto the university because yeah. of your behavior because of your behavior your job is forfeit. So I don't think you always have to depend on charges being filed. I think you would, in my opinion, if you're talking pro sports. But this is college. And so oftentimes it's hard to differentiate between the two. When you're in school and it may be a different, I don't know, maybe a different persona there. Another story, though, and then I can have you guys weigh in. 76ers star James Harden had done something pretty amazing, I thought. There was a Michigan State had that shooting where there were injuries, a couple people were killed. One of his fans was is paralyzed and he took the time to FaceTime him to encourage him and say hey you know what you got to keep fighting you've got this you're going to be okay and I just wanted to give that shout out it's almost like a final shot shout out but good for him there's a lot of violence going on though guys and that's we see it more and more in 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 and off the field even there is a story of a PSV fan that came onto a Sevilla field they were playing and a fan came and punched the goalkeeper in the face I, we're not I'm not kidding it just is getting crazy out there Josh Garrick when of you guys want to weigh in go ahead Josh people are crazy okay <laughs> there you go moving on I do think we're seeing more and more how What's what's happening in what's happening in sports is reflecting what we're seeing in society. There's been more basketball stories. There was this story in New Mexico where there was they had one of their players that was involved in a, a shoot another shooting, um, but it also involved a kidnapping plot. And then they ended their season because one of their own players was being assaulted in a hazing incident by others. Well, this high school basketball season too, all across the country, there've been. Wow multiple incidents of of fans getting involved in violence on the court with players there have been some brawls that were serious enough that like teams have been like kicked out of their state tournament finals there's just stuff going on all over the place i know sometimes we get good with information where we know everything that's happening everywhere but but what's happening everywhere sucks it's freaking crazy it's just been crazy out there do you guys want to move to baseball because we've got the first day of spring training and it's a whole new season when baseball is starting to arise the spring has come and it's exciting and i know josh this is each one of us if you watch this show a lot each of us has our own bent on our favorite sport that we'd like to opine on josh is our baseball correspondent josh happy spring Happy spring training and what a beautiful spring training it is. A lot to be excited about this year too. We have the World Baseball Classic happening, which contributes to the fact that like the Mariners have, I think, 75 people in Major League Camp right now. So it is jam-packed and it's funny to see because there's not really a whole lot of spots up for grabs. Uh, but because World Baseball Classic is going to take guys out of it, it's we're going to see stuff like that happening. But, man, pitchers and catchers going, bats going, batting practices, and we've seen some great stuff. We actually saw Matt Brash, reliever for the Mariners, his filthy stuff right now. And he had uh, once, actually, driveline down in Tacoma. They are one of the premier like baseball training facilities, and they were working with Matt Brash this offseason. And one of their trainers said that might, Matt Brash, his slider might be the best pitch in the history of major league baseball just based on the Ooh. amount of movement 
it has. And on spring training so far, he there was a clip of him facing J.P. Crawford. And J.P. Crawford after that said, what was that? Like, <laughs> like he didn't even see, he didn't even know what pitch he just got thrown. It was just all over the place. And JP, uh, JP's not exactly about. a rookie either. So this is a guy who's played a lot of games and seen a lot of pitches. And to not be able to identify a nasty pitch from his own teammates <laughs> is crazy. Yeah, and what'll be fun is Matt Brash is on the World Baseball Classic. He's going to be playing for Team Canada. And they're... Mariners are going to have an ex- exhibition game this spring against Team Canada. So we'll get to see Matt Brash try to light up his teammates live, and that should be fun. Yeah, I think he asked for that, too. I think he, want, he, <laughs> yeah. he wants to face his teammates. <laughs> yeah, he's excited about that one. How can so, he not so be? to watch out if he hits anyone who, you know, who it is and find out what's going on there. <laughs> Hopefully not Ty France. Like, yeah, he's gotten yeah, enough. He's had enough of that. <laughs> he's gotten beat up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, spring has sprung. I wanted to take on a couple of face-off issues. There's two things. I'll let you guys weigh on whichever one you want to. One is news coming out of the Olympics. Australia has signed on to a complaint about Olympic neutrality. And Olympic neutrality, in this case, means not allowing Russian athletes to compete. And, there's, and the Olympics are saying we shouldn't punish the athletes because of the country does it really make a difference is it is putin going to say what we can't compete in the olympics okay (laughs) cut off the war we're done does it really matter and does olympic neutrality when maybe we're we'll be at a place where okay there's countries that don't believe in the same things we believe in or we think is okay or politically correct or even correct where does that neutrality line stop the other one is Djokovic that he is asking for permission to come into the United States even though he's unvaccinated that headline grabbed me because I I didn't realize are we still playing that game after all this time we still care about that so take on one of those it's time for a little face off the face off -off. he's next to me so he gets the mic I think the uh the Olympic neutrality thing is sticky, to say the least, because on one hand, you don't want to give, we'll say, rogue countries a, a platform for their propaganda. You go back, for us, it's ancient history. China. It is, But you go back to, like, the Nazi Olympics back in the World War II era, where, the, where that whole thing was set up to be a showcase for Hitler, and it didn't always go real well for in that regard. And even even more recently, when China hosted, we saw all the things that China wanted us to see. That wasn't very neutral. I, yeah. I, there's a difference, Garrick, between having a country host and having players and athletes participate. Yeah, I, I think well, the, I, I think, 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 the, I think ho- hosting is more significant than whether or not someone participates. So so holding out against Russian athletes because of what their country is doing versus not too long ago, Russian actually hosting the Olympics. What's, what is really going on with this? Is this just an excuse for social engineering? Say, oh, you don't hold this proper social position, so no, you no longer can participate. Sorry. Gary. No, it's okay. Oh, I Garrick, just you're think here. that all these organizations, I think, are, uh, forgive me, but kind of corrupt at the top level. You look at FIFA, you look at the International Olympic Committee, I just feel like you, people, they play both sides. And I remember in 1980, the U.S. boycotted the Olympics when President Carter 
who who's now on hospice care. President Carter reacted very strongly against what was happening in Afghanistan because I think that was in the Soviet Union, wasn't it? The Olympics was that year. And so any, anyway, I just feel like th there's just way too much politics involved in it. On one level, I do understand that can't you don't want to stand for when countries are doing things that are so egregious. You don't want to allow them a platform to, to continue to speak out. And wh whether or not you shouldn't punish the players, but it's or the athletes themselves, but at the same time, it's it should all be together. Yeah, but um, it, I think it's hypocritical if you're going to host in an egregious nation and then oh, say, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, you can't participate. Josh, which would you no, like to exactly. weigh in on? Yeah. Spring training. <laughs> <laughs> I do have something to say about the Djokovic thing, too, is that most, I think a lot of physicians who are looking at all that, evidence, okay, and looking at all the data that's actually out there. I had a meeting, I had an appointment with my cardiologist last Monday, and, you know, be, because of the fact that for similar reasons to Djokovic, I am not vaccinated, okay, and I asked my... The right? producers know that? I'm not sure if you're allowed sure. on the air. I think, I think your video just got shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I hope while you're watching this, you're at least wearing a mask because Derek. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> As he puts on his but, mask. I love it. Reason for me to still be vaccinated. And he said, actually, you could get the vaccine for the Spanish flu as well, which happened in the 1920s, but it's no longer really relevant and he said that's the same thing because the current the COVID-19 vaccine was developed for the original strain of COVID. And he is not an anti-vaxxer in any way because he believes that it, that was OK for some of the audiences that it was a that it, if it was intended for them. But anyway, he's saying that all the vaccines and the boosters now they're being created for strains that no longer exist because of the fact that the disease is progressing towards endemicity. So. Anyway, it, it seems crazy. I think like your response, Michelle, you mean the U.S. is still not allowing people into the country who aren't vaccinated? Or Unless they come illegally, apparently. Well, all he has to do is come in through the southern border. There I love it. <laughs> Guys, I think it's about time for us to take our final shot. So I don't know what Josh is going to want to talk about. But... Final shot. <laughs> I love you, Josh. Right after this, I'm going to go get my snacks ready to watch the first spring training game. Baseball is finally back. Mariners play at noon. And I believe Robbie Ray is on the mound, which I'm excited to see the tight pants and hear the grunts of every pitch as he goes out there <laughs> giving his all. It's an exciting time, man. And you know, the one thing I want to point out is the Mariners have two people on their team that are not related, but one is Harrison Michael Ford. And the other is Michael Harrison Ford. So I just want to let you guys know that. Try not to get confused as you see Mike Ford and Harry Ford out there playing. Keep them separate. <laughs> but fun facts do, for you do, guys. Do, 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 do. Weren't they in, yeah, I was going to say Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, Garrick. So my final shot is one of those unshots. I don't know what you call them when it's a negative thing. But I know the Sounders organization, I believe this is maybe MLS wide, is that they're making you, requiring you to have Apple TV in order to watch the matches now. They're not going to be broadcasts on, Additionally, Fox will cover some games, but if you want to watch all the games, you have to have Apple TV. And I just think that it is really an 
an unfortunate thing for the MLS who is trying to grow in popularity, yeah. trying to spread the word and get more fans that they enter into this agreement, which I'm sure it has financial implications as to why they're doing it. But I think it's going to hurt the fans. It's going to hurt the fan base. I think it's unfortunate and and somewhat short-sighted. So. Well put. Brent. How about another unshot <laughs> or a shot at? You know how it's traditional to invite national champions to the White House yes. and Georgia, University of Georgia Bulldogs, who have now won two college football championships in a row for the second consecutive year, were not invited to the White House. Um, and to me, it's like only reason this could be is because the Biden administration does not like some of the things that have happened in Georgia politically. So we're going to punish the, pun- punish the kids for that. So I'll thumb my nose at yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just as I have a problem when athletes or a team says, we're not going to go to the White House because we don't like who the president is. Short-sighted ninnies. Come on. This is about being recognized and it's about the office of the president, not who is sitting in the seat. What is wrong with our society? At any rate, that's not my final shot. My final shot is Ashbury College has had a nearly two-week revival where people were refusing to leave. Hundreds upon hundreds of people were coming to this tiny little Christian college town. Every hotel room was booked. People from all over the world were literally coming for this revival. It was unplanned, just kids that didn't want to leave chapel. And it got, I went on from there 24 hours a day, people praying, people confessing, people finding Christ as their savior. It's so exciting to see it's starting. And there was a middle school response in Tennessee, where at a little Christian school, the kids were just refusing to leave and the worship just continues i've been saying for a long time that we are ripe for revival as crazy as we've been even reporting today as things are getting god is greater so pray for revival pray that something reaches in and woos the heart of our lost and dying generations of kids suffering from depression suicide gender confusion cutting the likes of despair that our world has never really seen but as dark as things can be that's how great and greater that our god is and i'm excited about it so that's my final shot you might want to grab that we just want to give shameless plugs to my book our books there's books hello book nice to meet you we have our books out you can find them at mymichellelive.com we have links and guys thank you and garrick you're writing a book josh what's your book gonna be spring training training. (laughs) or maybe uh, maybe how to watch baseball while having three kids (laughs) good luck with that a guy's dad to figure out watching sports that's what the pause button's for (laughs) you got some dads here that that have some dads and moms that have some experience here with that so guys thank you so much thank you for watching listening and seeking out the god story in your own game of life god bless you For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.